0: one of the things that i do and this is the time time of year where i start getting incredibly navel gazy and yeah. the part of the part is that part of that is because on my birthday i write my
1: sorry i got to stop i don't think it's navel gazy i think that it's self reflective well I think, I think those are two navel is a little negative i think self reflective well, is like all right let's sit back and let's because what you do is you take that reflection and you yeah, no, I positively. I agree with
0: you. I would say that like your version of vulnerable is my version of panty waste. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate A uses bad words. If you don't like bad words, maybe then listen to it. <laughs> Every Christmas...
1: Oh. Hang on. Hey, hang on. Merry Christmas. Oh. This is what reasonable, kind people do on Christmas days. They greet one another with a Merry Christmas. It's really like the one day of the year where it's safe to say "Merry Christmas" without you, can, you know. You could say "Merry Christmas" any day of the any day of the year. You could say yeah, it. but you know what? If you say it outside of the holiday season, all the secular people will jump on your ass about it. If you say it any time,
0: you well,
1: know, you're, just you're just a weirdo. You're just a weirdo. Hey man, I'm just I'm just a, a progressive human being you know in what America I, trying you to make know, it a better place. Okay.
0: You know what I prefer? I prefer on any given day just wish somebody a happy Tu and then walk away.
1: Do you- yes, I do. You know what Tu is? It's the Jewish Arbor Day, yes. Oh my fucking God, how do you know that holiday? Dude,
0: oh do you never saw you never saw the Nairobi project? How does the Nairobi
1: project connect to two big okay. bots? all
0: right. I'll give you a quick. I'll give you a quick hit, and then we'll get into the thing. This was a show Steve Gadlin called. Sent me a play a long time ago. Oh, uh, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he sent me a play, and he said, "Read this and tell me what you think." And I read it, and it was. The worst thing I've fucking ever read in my entire life. I mean, I, I mean, like plainly, like the worst written thing, and it made no sense, and the syntax was wrong, and none of it made. It was terrible. So I never called him back because I thought I, I, you know, I knew him as an improviser and kind of a weirdo, but I didn't know him as a writer. And wow, this sucks, and I can't just call him and say this is a big giant piece of shit. Well, about two months later, he calls me and says, "Did you ever read that?" I said, "Yeah." He goes. Do you think I wrote that? I said I don't fucking know. And he goes, no, no, no. Basically, he got a, a thing from this kid from Kenya who is t- doing the 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 you know the scam. Not, but not a prince. He he had found out that Steve was a producer of plays in Chicago, and this kid was a playwright. And for a thousand dollars, he would write him a hit play. A hit. That's all oh, just an absolute smash hit, a play. Yeah. Just a smash hit. For a thousand bucks. Yeah. Smash
1: hit for a thousand bucks.
0: So Steve thought Dude, that's this a was a bargain, man. Steve thought this was so fucking funny that he talked him down to 50 bucks. Johnny, that's lucrative. We well, yeah. talked him down to 50 bucks and, yeah. and, 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 and it had to be a play that included certain elements. A character named Quack Quack Quimby, who okay. with his family is celebrating Tubish Fat. <laughs> He has <laughs> he has a gay yeah, he has a gay assistant, the wizard Dumbledore, and and he has to die, but it has to be a comedy. And so this kid writes this thing, and it's it, I mean it, it sends it, to, it to, yeah and, and send it to Gadlin, and so Gadlin sent it to me, and I said, "So why'd you send this to me?" He says, "I want you to direct this." And I said, you know what?" fucking a let's do this yeah. so i can uh, peter kramidis played uh quack quack quimby and 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 matt ulrich was in it and steve dollahide played the wizard dumbledore and so basically we did it at the annoyance this is when they were on uh, uh not lawrence lawrence yeah i guess it was it was over in that area yeah that area yeah but uh yeah yeah, in uptown but i the thing i told them and i told the cast i said the only way we're going to do this and it's going to work is that you have to play it like it's fucking shakespeare and i mean (laughs) every every ellipses because this kid would write like there'd be like an ellipses with like 18 periods that's i said that's that's falling asleep at the keyboard well what i'm saying is I said, I want, we're going to, we're going to every stage direction. We're going to read out loud. We are going to, if there's an ellipses, it's 18 periods long. We are going to wait with nothing happening for that long. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are going to do this play word for word, moment for moment, bad language, bad stage direction. And you're going to take it as seriously as a fucking heart attack. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, Nick Mick Napier, uh who runs the annoyance said it was the funniest play he had ever seen oh in god. his that's, life. That's,
1: that's a big And that's
0: high fucking praise cuz the guy's praise. been yeah. very high praise. But yeah, Mick Mick is he's,
1: he's a snob. Uh, he's a god and he's a snob. He's, he's a comedy he's a comedy god. He's yeah. uh, He is modern comedy. Everything yeah. that comes out of Chicago. Yeah. The Tina Fey, the Steve Carell like the the, yeah yeah that's me can touched that. And yeah.
0: he pulled me aside and was still laughing after the show was over about shit and and said, "Don, that's the funniest, that's the funniest goddamn play I've ever seen in my life." Shit,
1: Tubish fucking bot. And but.
0: that's that's how I know what Tubish shot is <laughs> because we did an entire play centered around the Jewish Dave Trees. So uh
1: so it's you know I mean the interesting thing about that is having been to Israel the, at least this is, <laughs> this is what I was taught as a, as a young Jewish boy going through the, you know, dogmatic, uh, Jewish education. Um, it's, dogmatic's not even right. I mean, part of it is dogmatic. The other part is the, I, I want to like socialization, you know, cause we learned a lot about Israel and being citizens of Israel, all that. Propaganda. Nationalism, propaganda. Yeah.
0: yeah. Indoctrination is what all... Do- all that's the word. That's the word. All
1: religious yeah. education is yeah. basically indoctrination. Yeah. Um. You know, and of course, every step of the way, I was like, wait, I'm a citizen of Israel, so I can vote there? No, nope, I can't. But I'm still... A, okay. Stay on topic, David. Jesus. Not Jesus. Israel. So my my tour guide, as well as my indoctrination, taught me that every single tree that is in Israel has been... Physically planted, there's like the trees there aren't. I mean, you know, there's there's natural plant life, but it's a desert. It's a desert with a lot of water around it. And I'll tell you, man, that place is is as much green as it is desert brown. It's yeah. gorgeous, Tubishvat, It's man. impressive because we would give money to to plant trees in Israel. That was a big thing. Is like you would make a donation on Tuvishvat for your, you know, your grandmother, your mom, your whatever departed. But you know I gotta say I mean you know I mean this is I don't know. Maybe this is dark. Maybe. You check me on this. But a lot of people give money to plant a tree in Israel for the de- the dearly departed. Mm-hmm. So in a way They're gravestones. They're gravestones. That's that's one way of looking at it. I was just gonna say that in a way it's kinda like the Holocaust really helped with the oxygenization of the Middle East. That's not that dark. I mean, mean, it's dark. It's dark, but it's not that dark. I don't have any science, you know, facts to back that up. I'm just assuming that a lot of dead people, a lot of dead family members, a lot of trees. Anyway. Merry Christmas. Yes. And every Christmas... Um, I
0: write a piece for Literate Ape. Um, and I and I think about this because it is it is my favorite Christmas story is a Christmas Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol. And yeah, I know that was a weird diversion. I don't even know where that came from, but all right, drink all right. you make drink. Let me let me ask you this. Oh God. We're not gonna um, get I'll- to this, sorry. we're not I'll- getting, I'll- getting to this. Get to
1: all right. It's just—it's a quick, quick hot take. No, this is going to be a long hot take. Best movie version of A Christmas Carol:
0: 1984's BBC television series uh, version of it with George C. Scott as Scrooge. Wrong. No, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. My mom, my mom, my seventy-four-year-old. 74-year-old bionic hip mom will kick your ass. It's her favorite <laughs> okay. fucking movie of all time. So it's the best version. The Muppets A Christmas no, Carol. No, I'm sorry. It's, although Michael Caine is very, very good in that. Very good right, at that. Right behind that, is Scrooged? No, sorry, I'm sorry, it's not. Don't be sorry, just just. No, be, you're just wrong. You're, facts and you're, right. you're you're simply wrong. Anyway, that's the anyway. best version. Anyway, so I all Muppets. No, it's not because the one that is the most closely hewn to the actual source material, with the sole exception that Scrooge is described as a very thin man, um and George C. scott is not a thin man in this in this film. Um, aside from that, it is as dead on uh 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 an adaptation of the novel that you could of the story that you could ever find Well almost word for word the muppets made it better no they didn't and edward wordward is the greatest gross g- ghost of christmas present ever done he's so cuz everybody else plays the ghost of christmas present as sort of this just sort of Falstaff funny goofy character and i'm telling you edward wordward he he's got that but he is fucking menacing and he fuck- I'll tell you he fucks scrooge up
1: my my ghost of christmas present would be would be death <laughs> no that's that's the ghost of christmas future that's the whole point yeah
0: that's my whole point okay so you you don't live in the present you'll just live in the future all right let me get to my fucking point my point is i i am always fascinated by the concept of jacob marley's change make Jacob Marley's chains. And he, he says, he says, you know, in the, uh, in the actual, uh, well, I mean, in, in the book and, and in all the stories, there's just a short
1: clip of it. And, and of you who don't know, Charles Dickens was a, a writer. He was an author. Yeah, yeah. He wrote books. He, he says, says he's covered he on, Litter- on the literate cast discuss Yeah.
0: And so in the book and in the film version, the 1984 film version, uh, Jacob Marley is basically a corpse that comes to him before all of the other three ghosts to tell him that the three ghosts are coming. But one of the things he comes out and he's, he's covered. I mean, he's a ghost, but he's just covered in these huge, Chains, right? And when Scrooge asked him about the chains, he says, I wear the chain I forged in life, replied the ghost. I made it link by link and yard by yard. I girded it of my own free will and of my own free will I wore it. Is its pattern strange to you? Scrooge trembled more and more. Or would you know, pursued the ghost, the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself? It was as full, it was full, as heavy, and as long as this seven Christmas Eves ago. Have you labored on it since? It is a ponderous chain. And if you follow sort of the logic of the story, um, the idea is that every act of selfishness or greed or unkindness or a lack of empathy or compassion forges a link in the chain. And if you believe the sort of the mythology of the story, the idea is that if you s- stop doing that, or at least, you know, start doing things out of kindness and selflessness, you know, and and with empathy and compassion, that you can unforge the chain. And yeah. I'm not a religious person at all. However... I really like this idea because there's no great judge that says at the end of the day, it's just that what you do, you reap what you sow. free will. You forge your goddamn chain. And when you, when you hit time for the afterlife, if there is one, you're
1: fucking carrying around that goddamn chain. That's the thing. That's hell on earth. You know, I think I like that. you're not a religious person that you're not, because li- you know, your mom is religious. Yep. You, you came up in the South. You, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. you're surrounded by it. You went to a, a not a Bible college, a religious college, right? I, like, I I went to a quicker
0: college for the first two quick, years third, of college. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. And I did. And we but did think, have morning the service and all that.
1: All that. Been, the reason you haven't been sold on religion is because you've never really sat down to, like, really, I mean, really watch. The Muppets version of The Passion of the Christ. I think if you watch The Muppets version of The Passion of the Christ, you would be a changed man. With Patrick Stewart as Jesus? Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I like that. Anyway,
0: one of the things that I do, and this is the time time of year where I start getting incredibly navel-gazy. And the yeah. part of the part is that part of that is because
1: on my birthday I write my sorry I got to stop I don't think it's navel gazy I think that it's self reflective Well I think those navel-gazy are two Navel-gazy is a little negative I think self reflective well, is like all right let's sit back and let's because what you do is you take that reflection and you yeah and no process it I positively
0: I agree with you I would say that like your version of vulnerable is my version of panty waste it all makes sense it's all the same it's all the same fucking thing <laughs> It's just how I present it and way I presented Which, his navel
1: gazy. <laughs> I gotta say, panty waste, the Muppets panty Pantywaist is a fucking great porn. It's so oh, right, right, with Pamela Anderson. Like, it's so it, good. And w- Miss Piggy and Pamela oh. fighting over Kermit, where Miss Piggy and Kermit actually actually finally fuck. Yeah. It's it's like it's better than Ross and Rachel kissing. It's yeah, just it's, it is it's uh way, way better now. Than- um, anyway, anyway. So I get a little navel-gazy,
0: partly because my birthday, I always write uh the lessons that I learned in the year. And one of the things that was really interesting is because I'm here in Wichita, I didn't realize that I had kept all of them in a box, like everything that's not digital, um are in a box. And I have, ever since I was 13, I have every year, except for four of them, and, and those, I don't know where they are. You know, I mean, it's just... I got lost in time. Who the fuck knows? Right. But so I've been going through them. It's very interesting. But anyway, in that navel gazy thing, one of the things that I do for Christmas, and I've done it every Christmas for a while, is I kind of think about Marley's chains and, and, and what chains, what, what chains have, what, is my, ch- is my chain ponderous? I don't know. And then the other thing I think about is you know whatever I do on New Year's Eve. So I'm kind of in that zone right now. This December through beginning of February zone is the look at how uh narcissistic I can be and look at my life and the choices I've made and what does that mean for the coming year. So that's kind of where I'm at. And so I wonder if you first of all if you've ever thought about this and if so um did you in this past year, would you say you've added links to your chain or would you say you've subtracted some links in your chain or would you say you're pretty breaking even?
1: You're breaking even this year. I I feel like I'm breaking even. Okay. So how does that work I, for you? So I added chains of selfishness and um, a, a a lack of empathy in a couple of ways. Um, what I think is some egregious drinking okay. on a couple of counts. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: And as a, father, as a father of two, a married father of two, drinking uh, a great deal is, is, I would say, is a selfish, that's a selfish act, sure. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it's not. It's
0: like also, it also drinking. could be considered self-care. It could be called
1: self-care. I mean sure to a degree yes you know mommy needs her juice (laughs) yeah there was only one time and it was actually it was new year's eve wow Um, starting right off right off the bat i started off fucking terribly yeah (laughs) i got i got just unexpectedly unexpectedly i just didn't mind my shit and yeah. I got a, I got way too drunk way too quickly, and it was before the kids were in bed, and I made an, I, I know, made an ass of myself, whatever. But it was just not the best version. You were embarrassed the next day. Once, once after it was, I was yeah. the drunk went away. Then yeah. Yes, I was embarrassed. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so you could I guess, I don't, I, so I wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't say that's that on out. the level. I would, I would say, I wouldn't say that's on the level of a Scrooge chain link. But I can see where you're going with that. Yeah, sure.
1: I mean, you know, on, on the, but to even that out, you know, I was like, this is, I, this is a problem. I got to mind that shit. You know, I can't drink three whiskeys without eating and then switch over to tequila and then switch back to, like, come on, man. Manage your shit. Five beers in a night is good. Yeah. Maybe a shot of whiskey isn't. Inc- manage your shit, which I've done. Yeah. So, and I will... Knock wood, you know, continue to do. So I think it evened out that way. Um, I am. I mean, there's a, a list as long as you know Santa's naughty list of of things that I did that were selfish or lacked empathy. Um, you know, in my relationships, um, small things. You know, just little things. So
0: they're Um, they're small links on a smaller chain, so they're not heavy and ponderous. They're just chains. You have enough of them,
1: eventually it weighs your shit down. Yeah, yeah. We your shit down. Chain mail is, those are small links, but that's some heavy armor to wear still. There you go. That's fair. That's fair. You know, but I even, I think I even that out by, and continue to even that out by being aware of these things, being aware of my empathy toward other people, especially ones I'm closest to, which, you know. You know, th- that whole thing of you hurt the ones you love the most. I had a girlfriend say that to me once. I was like, why are you so mean to me? She goes, well, you hurt the ones you love the most. And I said to her, then you need to start loving me less. Oh, see, see, see. I would have
0: gone the Sean Connery route and said, you know, maybe I'm going to backhand you. Well, and,
1: you know, that's the difference between our spectrum of Gen Xers is.
0: I want to no, you understand. You know, I've, I've never mean, hit a, instance, I've a never, woman. Instance, no, I've picture never, never picture. hit a woman. I've never <laughs> hit a woman. Um, and I don't think I ever will. Um, but uh the Day is young, Dom. But but uh I you know I can I can look back in time and there there is a certain third ex-wife that, you know. <laughs>
1: Jesus I'm not I'm not, I mean I'm not gonna say, but you know, yeah. Anyway. I yeah. think that this year for me has been really a lot of chains you know, links, fuck. And then I got to get these off because I, I've i learned to manage to swim and stay afloat with the chains that I carry with me regularly. Yeah. And it got to a point where I was getting more chains that were making me sink and I had to take the chains off just enough to like, okay, this is where I can swim. This is, and now my goal, you know, new year, new me, right? In 2024, I'm going to, move those other chains off so i'm not just i'm not just at the surface i'm soaring above the surface and you're such a liberal white chick uh, <laughs> i know but that's but i mean if i said it a different voice i know no it's like still a th- man it no would, it no it would still sound exactly still, like yeah, right, yeah right. it would still sound that way yeah yeah conversations over brunch there's you know there's a fucking book title conversations over brunch and it's just it's just a bunch I'm of empty pages. pages yeah yeah, your arteries are clogged, and you're way too overweight. But YOLO, oh. YOLO, Ozempic, Barbie. That was mean, Barbie.
0: That was mean. See, was that was mean. That, no, what but I just said right but there. But you're not was being mean. mean. You're not being mean to anyone specifically. You know, I was like, there's again. I think you it's have very, interest, I think you have a very mean. low bar. I, I, you know, I don't even think you've really dove into this because you're your example of what what. Constitutes what builds a chain in the Marley's chain world seems pretty small well, and not not know, and compared not compared to Marley and, and I'll argue not particularly honest, but we'll
1: get there. Maybe we'll okay, get there. Hang on, hang on. What because a, here's the hold thing. on, because I'm, Marley's chains, I don't think. And correct me if I'm wrong. Marley was a fucking asshole. Scrooge was a mean spirited, mean hearted fucking prick yeah you know they were selfish they were cheap they were you know we can all be these things at times but they are not the things that define us those are the things that defined marley and scrooge which you know in literature your characters sometimes have to be the absolute thing as a way to initiate the plot yeah, well, Which I mean exactly what Marley's visit does.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a story of archetypes. It's a it's a metaphor for something larger. I think
1: it's a very good one and it, and it sticks. But I I'd love to hear how you think that I'm shortcutting my
0: well, like, I mean the whole, chain. The, the whole the whole idea that your night of heavy drinking was uh like a big like this big act of selfishness is is sort of like calling uh calling somebody a name violence it's like no it's not that big an act of selfishness you have definitely i mean i don't know actually i don't know but i imagine you have done something terribly and shitty to someone that you're not going to admit to so you'd rather go with i drank too much one night that's really not a very serious we're
1: not talking about this year though we're talking about No, we're talking about about the terrible things I've done to people. We're going to have to go back a couple of years. Well, no, I'm talking about, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this year. Because that's the thing is when I think like horribly shitty to somebody, I mean, you know, talk to my wife, but uh, my wife. (laughs) Yeah. No, because I I, I thought about this
0: and I realized, I realized a weird thing and I hadn't thought about this until I was thinking about this question is that I do think that uh, I unforged, some chains this year because, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time helping my mom and dad, you know, and driving them around and making sure that my mom, you know, it's like, it's, and I think that is a more selfless thing. And I think that's good. I haven't, Added, I don't think I've added any chains this year, but I also recognize that maybe yeah, one of the, this year I, I have made no relationships with people. <laughs> I have not hung out with anybody. I don't want to know anybody. I spend most of my time completely by myself. And how, let's be honest, how much fucking damage can you do when you just kind of isolate yourself from the town you're in? And so the fact I- is. If yeah. I had if I had been maybe more present and more involved in the community here, I I I, I kinda wonder is maybe that here you because know, that's kind of the opposite lesson of Ebenezer Scrooge, is that his lesson is go out and serve the community and be with people and invite yourself over to dinner when people don't really want you there and you know. <laughs> Tell the joke, uh, that, you know, to, to indicate that you were there with a ghost and you heard them playing this fucking game and they're going to go, what? How do you know that? It's all wink, wink. But if, if my lesson seems to be the less interaction I have with people, um, the less chains I, I create. Well, of course. Well, I mean, that's not a great lesson.
1: Well, but he, I mean, he, uh, it, it's an odd comparison because Dickens was writing archetypes. Marley had to be the ultimate bad guy with all the thick, heavy chains on him to make a point. Scrooge, you looked up to me. I did all these great things. I was rich. I was all this, whatever. But don't do this because absolute fucking terror if, yeah. you, if you continue this route. Yeah, that's if the idea. It had to be that bad. But the reality is you are not all good or all bad. We no, do these little no, things but, along the way. Well, that, Most that's things that we do. Are, are that's you know, for normal and, and people. People are definitely David a thousand cuts.
0: David, David. There are slumlords. In fact, I just read in Chicago. There's some okay, uh, yeah. About, Okay, it's some woman in, in Evanston that is being sued because she owns, yeah. right? She's Marley. Okay, so, 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 and, but the thing is, like,
1: he's not, like that.
0: He's not all good or all bad, but the fact is, she, her chain's pretty fucking heavy. I her wonder, pretty heavy because I wonder if Donald Trump, people in a negative way. I wonder if Donald Trump watches a Christmas carol and thinks to himself, I'm fucking Scrooge.
1: Well, to that point, let me, let me read something that I, I put in my post it notes uh, on Friday. None of us sees ourselves as Mr. Potter, and Mr. Potter, I think, has a lot of chains no oh, yeah, none of us none of us sees ourselves as Mr. Potter in our own truths. we're George Bailey, and that's sentimental hogwash. Donald Trump doesn't see himself, of course as Harley Donald Trump sees himself as i don't know if he sees himself as Scrooge, but he's he's always the hero who is always put upon yeah, who overcame the things like uh, he overcame. America to fix America, whatever the, yeah. you know, whatever. The and, and and the thing is, I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying that
0: you're a bad guy or I'm a bad guy. I'm saying if the concept is when we do things, cause I can say, yeah, I've probably done some, I, I definitely have done in my life, bad things um, to people and in preventing people from certain things. And, and I've done bad things. And I know those chains are there. I mean, if if that's the metaphor we're going to go with, those chains are there. I like to believe that this year, helping my folks, cooking for my family and taking care of mom and making sure my dad gets to dialysis and all that stuff. I'd like to think maybe I've unforged some of those chains from my past. Now, the fact is, nobody is going to give me credit for unforging their chains because that's they're my chains. You can't see them until I'm dead. Well, you can't see them till you're dead. Then you know how heavy the fucking chains are. But it's an interesting. I just think it's an interesting. Uh,
1: so way I of quick, looking at it. I quickly just reached back to my my uh, bookshelf and I pulled out my Gates of Repentance book, which is yeah. the the new Union the, Prayer Book. It's the, the, Days the book of, of Awe. It's the book of Tuvishfat Tuvishfat. It's about. Tu yeah, but yeah, that's what I said. No, this is this is the book. Um, that I mean, I guess it's a little antiquated now, but there's probably updated versions anyway. It's a book that you read during the days of awe, which is in, in Judaism, Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur. So it's the prayers and all and that, like and
0: like Florida. all the like all the hot uh, Jewish American princesses are in bikinis, so you go, ah, oh. <laughs> yes, I knew that. See, I told you I knew lots about Jewish
1: stuff. you're basically a rabbi. I'm telling you so i I have dog eared and and you know a couple of pa- my favorite passages from all this stuff, so I just I want to read you a, a small section from Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the day of atonement. yes, I didn't know that where you think back because I'm a rabbi the, the days of awe, the whole thing is like the new year happens. This is what I love like my favorite thing about Judaism that I will never let go, no matter how disenfranchised and with the whole thing i will always come back to this book at the time of the year when it is rosh hashanah which is the jewish new year and you know kippur which is the day of atonement and the 10 days in between is are the days of awe mm-hmm. it's self-reflection what i loved about it is that new year came at the beginning of the school year so like when i was a kid and into it it was like yeah man new school year i got new clothes i've got a new haircut i've got new you know that was the new year for me. New Year's Eve, January 1st, New Year's oh, yeah, Day. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that, the middle that. of the fucking school year. That doesn't fucking matter to me. I'm still in sixth grade. Fuck. Yeah, me. yeah. I still have, you know, Mrs. Camberos is my math teacher. Nothing's fucking changed. But at the beginning of the year in September, when normally the days of off fall. So a lot of Yom Kippur is like, these are the sins I've committed. This is what I have to be better at. And it's very general, of course, because... The human existence is very general, but also it keeps it general for your own specific shit. So let me just read this thing. Who among us is righteous enough to say, I have not sinned. We are arrogant, brutal, careless, destructive, egocentric, false, greedy, heartless, insolent, and joyless. Our sins are an alphabet of woe. I mean, that's fucking poetry. That's pretty good shit. That's pretty good shit. It's like we all our chains, my chains anyway, you know, they are 100%. I've been arrogant this year. I've been brutal. I've been careless. I've been destructive. I've been egocentric. I've been false. I've been greedy. I've been heartless. I've been insolent. And I've certainly been fucking joyless. So you got a lot of chains, dude. I got an alphabet of woe, man. Alphabet of fucking woe. But, you know, these chains, again, it's like chainmail. And I, I think it's, you know, the, the the trick is recognizing where those little cuts come in. Because let's remember, it's not a broadsword that caused 9-11. It was a box cutter. Whoa, that was fucking wild, right? It's the little things. That get us. It is not often the big things. Marley had decades of being brutal and arrogant and egocentric and false and greedy. Yep. Heartless. I don't know if he was insolent and joyless, but, you know, and Scrooge followed that shit. And those were, that was a decade of like, of the same kind of shit. And I don't think that i make the exact same mistakes that i follow the same kind of procedure every year it's different versions of yeah, it. They're yeah like little things and like okay i fucked up someone calls me on it or i recognize it i gotta fix it so i you know i, I think that my links it, it, and again there are people out there that will disagree with me on this i know my links are small and the big ones i've i've worked really hard to undo i i don't know it it's it's tricky because we're talking about archetypes here archetypes are hyperbole
0: and now we're back of the news In how was your guilt over employee wages today in the Wall in the Wall Street Journal? Tired of tip requests, consumers are getting stingy.
1: Good. I it it's the overcorrection. It, Here is the thing: if if American society were to, were to be on this podcast right now and talk about their chains. I think overcorrection would be the thickest fucking link that they would have to account for. I think it was it was my buddy Tommy Mills who said that he was at Jiffy Lube and they had like a, a tip thing at Jiffy Lube. I, I was dang.
0: at the post office. I went to the post office buying stamps from him and there's a fucking tip thing.
1: I was like, you've got to be kidding me. The post office? All for tipping, 100%. And I, I tipped... At a minimum, unless service is shitty, I tip at a minimum of 20%. Minimum. Yeah. If service is shitty, maybe 18. Yeah. Um, th- th- I don't know if this, is tr- if this is true, but they say, or I heard at some point from somebody somewhere, that TIP stands for to ensure prompt service. I don't think uh, I don't. I Here's think, the thing. Hey, I think th- somebody made that up. I will gladly tip you money, but I got to know that you did my shit right. I got to drive off your fucking lot, go a couple miles, and make sure that my oil is lubing. I'm not going to tip them anyway. It's a well, fucking chippy that, lube. But like, here's why tipping at a restaurant works great, because the server comes, they provide an experience, they bring your food out on time, it's hot, they get the order right, you know, it's medium rare, like... And you're like, this was fucking great. Here's the cost for the food. And here's for doing extra fucking good work because the work you do is tricky. Fine with that. But, and even Starbucks, you know, you got my drink, right? You, you got it on time. It was quick. You've got a long line. You're doing a lot of shit. Here's some extra, here's an extra dollar. That's fine. But Jiffy Lube. Yeah. I'm not going to tip you for something I don't know that you did fucking well or I'm did. I'm just going to start walking
0: around. I'm going to start collecting uh, like uh, fortune cookie things, the little mm-hmm. messages and fortune cookies. And like when I see Fortunes. Him... Yeah, fortunes.
1: And uh, the fortune cookies, the little slips. Oh, the they're, they're fortunes. Yeah, that's what I said. And that's I'm going to. Because they're cookies with fortunes in them. They don't
0: they're call not slip but, cookies. But they're, but they're not always fortunes. Sometimes they're just like so good pieces just... of advice. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know, or bullshit. Anyway. Hey, white I, more.
1: I got yeah, one from Panda Yeah. Express and so, so I want to do white more. Yeah.
0: And so when I go to some place like a McDonald's where they want a tip, I'm just going to hand them one of those and say, keep the change that's, that, that this inspires.
1: Well, okay. McDonald's is a great example because I always <laughs> ask for my fries to be well done, a little extra crispy. There's a place... You wait ever, a, wait a minute. You go to McDonald's and
0: ask for them to make to 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 take the 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 cookie cutter fucking french fries that they make a thousand billion times and do them a little extra. Yes. You fucking Oh my god. I went to summer camp okay yeah okay, okay pretty much i I no. mean i I understand you go to a restaurant you go to a restaurant you say yeah I'd like my I'd like my hash Browns a little extra crispy you go to a fucking McDonald's these are these are high school kids well actually not anymore they used to be high school you know, kids high school yeah this decades. Been, I mean but the bottom is this is the lowest skill wage you're ever gonna make in your life you they don't even have to do math they have pictures of burgers on the yeah. goddamn cash register. And you're asking the fry guy who literally is just taking a thing and following directions on a bag of frozen fries to do it a little extra. I, I, it's surprising to me. They don't
1: spit in your food, I've been man. doing this for years and for well, a long time they couldn't get it right. But now they will, there's a, a menu item. Like you will ask, you know, you look at your menu, you Do you pay extra your, for or, extra crispy fries? And it'll say like, you know, number three cheeseburger meal, whatever. Fries and then like a well done. It's a thing that exists, and the one you go hitting me, the and Addison, they get it right nine out of ten, nine and a half out of ten times. In it's beginning to look a lot like Dickens books. In AP News,
0: U.S. homelessness up 12 percent to highest mm-hmm. reported level as rent soar
1: and coronavirus pandemic aid lapses. I've been thinking about another charity to get involved with. Cause I've, I've stepped away from Gilda's club, Chicago. I still 100% support them. They're an yeah, incredible yeah. organization, but I, I kind of, I don't want to say aged out, but you know, I, I did my time 11, 12 years on the board, two years as president. I served in all the, you know, all the committees, all that shit. Where, where else can I put my, my energy? And I think that homelessness might be the thing because I hate the way that Chicago handles its de- its development. It's real estate development. Um, yeah. I mean, and it, it's this, the, the issue with, with affordable housing and just general care for people that aren't, um, employed or not mentally ill or you know see that's we do a really shitty job of it i would like
0: i would like i would like someone and i know they have these statistics i would like someone to be able to break it down and say okay so we've got this many it's up 12 percent. i would like to know how many people that are currently homeless in the united states are and and I know why they don't publish this, because there's such a stigma to it. But I would like to know who are people who are just literally down on their luck. They simply can't either can't get enough jobs or whatever. And who are meth addicts and who are, you know, fucking mentally ill people you know and yeah, but not
1: help those people
0: well uh, the thing is i think we should help all of them however they are different it's di- there is no cookie cutter one size fits all for oh, this problem okay. having affordable housing does fuck off for a guy that's fucking screaming yeah. at a goddamn you know at, at a fry box because they weren't well done on the street that guy you can't help with
1: affordable housing that's a different oh. solution and I'm one bad Friday away from being that guy. I know you are. That's why I brought it up. And I, th- I think that, and that's that's the problem is that we, you know, especially with like the term affordable housing, like up in my neighborhood in you know, Old Irving Park, Portage Park here at Six Corners, they're building all this shit. All this new stuff is coming up and it's going to do great for, you know, our property value in 10 years and uh, whatever. But you have to, when you build a new... Apartment complex, you have to account for affordable housing. So you've got, and I'm making these numbers up, 1,200 units in this new building. Seven of them are affordable housing. Which, which, like, what does affordable housing mean? Is that government issued? Is that government subsidized? Is it what? I, seven. You're like the the ratio is not right, and that's. But we think like, oh, it's affordable housing in this neighborhood. But but is it? No. Fuck, man. Is my house affordable housing? Is a home for somebody who's making 90 grand a year, which is a lot of money, but they can't buy a fucking house in Chicago? We don't have affordable housing. We have expensive fucking housing. And if you're lucky, the fact that we own this house is merely because my grandparents got rich yeah there's a long story to that but i mean that like we we could afford this house on our own but we'd be fucking broke we would be house poor as fuck in thank god
0: bob Cratchit spanked the shit out of tiny tim in it, New York Mag, in New York Rise Magazine. God, I'm sorry. No, no, you, no, I'm not. I'm not. You let me. The Rise. Bob Cratchit beat his fucking crippled son. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No the, how do you think he got crippled? The no, Rise. He beat his wife. No. The, well, there you go. The Rise of the accidentally permissive parent. There's a new thing called gentle parenting now where you reason with children rather than, like, when the kid be- misbehaved, just smack the shit out of him. And uh, I'm all
1: for corporal punishment. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. That was why I did, of course, Bob Cratchit did hit him, but I had to have an in to... Preface that headline that was attached in some way to a Christmas
1: carol. That's where I'm going. No. Did you see? Yeah, no, I, I, I get the links in the chain. I'm following the chain. All right, I'm, I'm with the chain. Do you, do you see what I did there? I do. All right, that was good. uh This podcast brought to you by the Fleetwood Mac song "The Chain." The chain.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, I, uh, Gentle parenting. It's, in my opinion, it is turning out an entire generation of the biggest the fuck up dickheads
1: I've ever seen in my life. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. It is not that simple. There was a degree of, you know, uh, pussifying. <laughs> Our, our nation's children with... Your word, your word, not my word. I didn't use that word. I
0: did not use that word. I did say panty waste earlier, but I didn't say pussifying. Sorry.
1: When when I was a kid, I got spanked by one of my favorite stories. My mom's mom, my grandma, who's still among us, Harry's great-grandma Dee, Gigi Dee, uh, she had this thing where she would say to us as kids... You know, if you don't if you don't behave, I'm gonna set you on fire. What setting on fire meant was a really bad spanking. Yeah. Hands down fucking and it was on fire because your ass would be red by the time she was done with it. I never got set on fire. My my cousins Nick and Chris did. But why why Uh, would Eric did? Why did you never get set on fire? Uh so many reasons. One You were afraid. No. Fear Nobody. is a great no. motivator. No, not me. Grandma and I have a thing. Oh, okay, all right, so, mm-hmm. so we're good. So you were? Ge- she it was gentle parenting for you. But, she threatened me, but you there knew was fear in that. Be like David, you know. Be like, oh yeah, right. Let me check myself. But it wasn't a fear. It was out of I'm I'm Grandma's best boy. Like I'm not going to fuck this up. What am I? What am I? Stupid. So there was a time where grandma and I were out, I don't know, probably at Kmart or something. She's probably spoiling me with a bunch of toys at Kmart. We come home, I grew up next door to my dad's parents. And we roll up on the driveway and my my grandfather, Poppy, is, is out watering the yard or whatever, and he sees grandma drive up and he comes up and he goes, and we get out of the car and he goes, hey Dee, I wanted, I wanted to talk to you about something. And she's like, sure Harold, what's up? And he says, "What's this? I hear about you putting matches to the boys." So, <laughs> and I remember seeing her. I was probably seven or eight. Yeah, years old yeah, yeah. Time, and I remember seeing her face like, "Fucking what?" Yeah, she's like, "I wh- wh- what? What? do you what? What do you what do you mean?" And I could tell, like the contentious, like holy fuck, because this is in-laws. Yeah, you know, calling each other out on, or calling one another out on, on. Parenting or grandparenting, whatever. And she says, I, "Harold, wh- uh, wh- what? What are you? What are you talking about?" He says, "Well, I have heard from from the boys that you, um, when they misbehave, you you set them on fire." And she starts laughing, and she's like, "Oh, Harold, no, 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 David, tell tell Poppy what setting on fire is." And I said oh, Poppy, that's just a really bad spanking. And Poppy, with his pipe in his mouth, takes a big puff and he goes, ah, okay. And then goes back to like, whatever see, the fuck dude, doing.
0: Dude, see, see, my story, my story, I won't tell a specific story, but I will say that my mother has, has since, I've grown since as, as an adult, she has admitted to me that sometimes she'd spank me even if I didn't do anything wrong, but she was just having a bad
1: fucking day. Yeah, I got spanked for fucking everything. You know what? But your ass is taut like a fucking leather glove. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So my dad, there was one time my brothers and I were upstairs fighting about something. Mom was out doing whatever. And dad was downstairs watching TV. And my brothers and I were fighting. And I remember him yelling up, knock it off. Knock it off. Like, motherfucker, just come upstairs and parent, which he eventually did with his belt. Goddamn right. he fucking whips his belt off, smacks me in the ass, and I run off to, oh, oh my God. I go to my room, smacks Steven in the ass, the baby. He runs off. No, he wasn't a baby. He was yeah, a- yeah, eight, yeah. eight, whatever. But the little brother, he runs off to his room. Ow, smacks Eric, who the only brother that got set on fire by grandma, smacks Eric on the ass. Eric goes, that didn't hurt. Oh shit. At which point dad pulled his pants down and it fucking set gave- his, oh
0: his- yeah, set his ass on fire. Yeah.
1: I, I have yet to spank I mean, I'm not going to spank Jacob. He's a fucking one-year-old. What has he done wrong? I've yet to spank Harry. I've grabbed Harry and fucking like thrown his ass in the fucking bed. I think that I I, You can't reason with a five-year-old. You can't reason with a five-year-old, but you also don't have to spank them. But you don't... The difference between spank... The spectrum between spanking and... What are your feelings? Is it's 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 a wide line. So I I say to Harry, what is what are your feelings? Let's talk about this, let's work it out. But this behavior is fucking uncool, bro, and you're not getting McDonald's tonight. In at least Ebenezer didn't beat the shit out of women.
0: Marvel and Disney drop actor Jonathan Majors hours after guilty
1: assault verdict. Yeah. Um Uh, uh, look man he's been found guilty of being a fucking abusive dick fuck that guy okay there you go go. that's good in Uh, but uh, hang on oh jesus what the fuck is marvel gonna do i was talking to one of my clients today who's a big marvel nerd he's in between our age yeah yeah really cool guy total fucking comic nerd so like the marvel mcu stuff like we immediately bonded over that and today he was like david i'm i'm no longer an mcu fan i'm not a marvel fan they you know i think they did the right thing by firing John, jonathan majors but they fucked up they've got nothing they've oh they, see i think i, I think you t-
0: no. tell your tell your friend that if he really wants to know the answer to the question of what is what is marvel going to do Give Edward Norton and Terrence Howard a call, and you'll find out.
1: Tell me more about that, because I like where
0: this is going, but... Well, they didn't. Edward Norton was the fucking Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And then they didn't like him. And so they recast Mark Ruffalo, and Mark Ruffalo made a shit ton of money. Terrence Howard was roadie. He wanted a whole lot more money. They said, fuck off. I got Don Cheadle. Guess what? That's what's going to happen to Jonathan
1: Majors. But those were one-off movies. They have put Jonathan Majors in Ant-Man, two seasons of Loki. Nobody watched the second season of Loki because it was a piece of shit. I it
0: think they're just, a I, th- yeah, yeah, I, th- I just think they're going to recast him. I didn't see it. I don't know if it was a piece of shit. I mean, that like, was was enough, you, just recast They're just because- going to recast him. Yeah, it's multiverse. They can they do. do it's multiverse. They can do anything they want in doing everything we can except for poisoning his sausages. <laughs> Trump barred from Colorado ballot in unprecedented
1: ruling. What I love about this is that this is turning out the right. Like their they're fucking assholes are in 17 different knots.
0: But it's a state move. Yeah, it's a good move.
1: And the same people that are like, states' rights, states' rights, are going, no, we need the federal government to come in and tell us and, that's not okay. And, and not
0: only that, nah. the SCOTUS, the very conservative SCOTUS, has said in multiple precedents that they are originalists. Yeah. They go back, yeah. right? Yep. And this Colorado ruling is going all the way back to the Civil War. And so yep. this is original shit yeah we'll see we'll see (coughs) we'll see exactly how full of
1: shit uh this is is like the one thing of the political shit fuck goddamn cluster crystal knocked year that will be 2024 politically in america that i'm excited about is how are they gonna fuck how is the supreme court gonna fuck it up or do the right thing because we've got new clearance thomas shit He's, I know.
0: About his, yeah, yeah. Salary. salary to, yeah, what a yeah. fucking cunt. And finally, fuck that guy. And finally, all I want for Christmas. In the Guardian, risk of penile fractures rises at Christmas. Doctors find. <laughs>
1: The holidays could be a lonely time for a lot of people. A desperate time, for a, lot of a horny time for a lot of people. I know that I have gotten laid up plenty because merely because of, you know, the eggnog. Tis the season. But penile fractions? Fractures, yes. Fractures, sorry. Yeah. Basically, you. Dick. How do you break your dick? You I like, can I've, break. I've I've hurt my dick. I've bent my dick no. in terrible ways. No, no, they, 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 it's currently.
0: I don't know. I don't. I didn't do the anatomy. I just read the fucking headline, and they said that around Christmas time, it is a higher percentage of penile fractures.
1: Well, and I, you know what? You're you're. I mean. I, fuck, I don't know, like fucking get it Just fuck a little lightly I don't know I, Calm down th- Think Think about your dick as like the gentle falling snow of a white Christmas yeah, see, And Sam and many women you're satisfied with that And then imagine her boobs as The snow-covered mumps
0: And now And it's rainiest quote of the week Ponder as you consider life's depressing
1: sources. My quote of the week is from the film, It's a Wonderful Life. At the end of the film, where Clarence Oddbody has sent a note to George Bailey that says in, in, the, in the book, uh, Tom Sawyer, right, it's Tom Sawyer, right? <sighs> Is a Huckleberry fan. No, it's Tom Sawyer. No man is a failure who has friends. This resonates now because of the year of chaining and unchaining, linking and unlinking that I've had. And this is a thing I've known for as long as I can remember. Friends keep you alive. It's true, but I, I would question, I would question the
0: actual, because I agree with you. Friends are good. Friends are a good thing. Friends get you through, they get you past the tough times. On the other hand, I've had, I had friends. I've had friends for the last couple of years. You're one of my friends, Joe's friend. I've had friends, but it would be a hard argument not to say that when it comes to marriage, I'm a massive, overwhelming failure. So. It's not that no man can be a failure who has friends. It's that the failure does not sting
1: as much with the help of friends, yeah, okay, but considering where the quote came from and why it came fair in that way, that's fair. George was convinced that he was an absolute fucking failure because he lost eight thousand dollars and was and couldn't afford and was gonna go to jail and all this other shit. It's more than that, you know, like, if I'm broke fuck it. You're broke. I'm always what broke. What do you do? You reach out to your friends for help. You and we time, get yeah. through we get we get each other through it. Yeah. And on the other hand, and, and I know you
0: yeah, you know, it is Christmas Day. If you're listening to this on Christmas Day Boy, you're a sad motherfucker. However, you
1: fucking door, you, you fucking door. You probably have no friends, so yeah, get some. Yeah, but I would say I, I, I reminded you about this I,
0: 1946. He just, I will, I say. will say that George Bailey was a giant twat, and my prob- <laughs> and my problem with "It's a Wonderful Life." Is that when things weren't going his way, when his when his drunk fucking uncle lost eight thousand dollars, his first impulse not was not to look at his family and go, "Gosh, he wasn't a drunk." Only yeah, he was a, was drunk. Drunk, he was a drunk. He was a drunk. He was a drunk. Anyway, a drunk. Fine, fine. Drunk once, yeah, fine. Whatever it is, he lost eight thousand dollars because he's too stupid to not have a string on his finger. And so, what's George do? What's George do? George did. This is like the one big thing that's gone wrong in his life, right? Everything's fine. His wife is lovely. His kids are adorable. He's
1: got a house. You know, it was all kids like... are annoying as fuck.
0: Well, all kids are annoying annoying as fuck. Name a kid that's not and basically annoying. They're children. That's why I don't James have
1: any. Is not annoying.
0: Well, much. he's not old enough to speak. As soon as he starts to speak, you're fucked. He's at the perfect age. He's yeah, at the perfect age. He will yeah. get there. But I'm he's just saying. Like, yeah. So what does George Bailey do? Things just didn't go his way, and so he decides to kill himself. He's a fucking twat. And so I don't
1: think he deserved the 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 help from heaven. It's, Go fuck but, yourself. But George Bailey killing himself in order to take care of his family, because if he dies, he gets fifty they get fifty thousand dollars in life insurance. Well, that's Cause the, there wasn't, there that's the, most, that's the
0: most selfish, stupid piece of shit reasoning I've ever heard. <laughs> my. Oh sucks. Six things you
1: should do this week. My first thing this week is a read. Uh, it's, it's for me to read. I have not read it yet, but I have to talk about it. Because god damn this fucking headline. It's in the Atlantic. It's an older one. It's from 2019. Can a dolphin really commit rape? <laughs> which i may have i may have recommended this before uh, maybe about it, i may have read it i don't know i'll probably get like four you know four paragraphs and be like oh yeah i read this thing yeah. and now i'm just horny but yeah give it a read it's in the atlantic <laughs> gonna, gonna right. really commit rape My first
0: thing is a watch. It is on Netflix. Nice. It's on Netflix. It starts Natalie Portman and uh Julian Moore. May December. I nice. thought that it is so uncomfortable. It's so, so wonderful, fun. but it is so well done. And it has so much to say. I read a I read an article about Natalie, uh, Natalie Portman, that she is at her best when she's playing a really bad actress, which is actually true. Oh, nice. Okay. Like, you know, it's like there's some, when she's playing uh, somebody is just cloyingly trying desperately to be a good actress, but can't yeah. quite get the thing. That's when she's the best actress she can be. It's great. And Julian Moore is is brilliant. And it, it, this is hard. It's basically about the the Mary, are Mary Kay, Mary, La- Mary Kay Letourneau, Letourneau, who basically fucked her thirteen year old student, and then went to prison for it, had a baby with him, and is now married to him. And then that she's dead now. She actually died of cancer. Um, but yeah, it's fucking
1: but, tragic. Dude. But it's basically,
0: tragic. basically, this is a movie about a TV actress that comes to town because she's playing uh this character playing this woman in uh a movie and it is dark and brilliant and some of the best it's some of the
1: it's Todd Haynes and that guy is so fucked up. I love it. I loved it. I started this movie and I had to turn it off because it just was not the vibe I needed at the time. It is dark. It is weird. Is and I it's not that it was bad at all. It was just yeah. it was really good. But I'm like uh, I'm doing, I don't know what my mood is going to be where I'm gonna want to watch this movie but i want to watch this movie it's really I good Love everything about it's, it it's really good it's really good my next thing is also a read in the atlantic uh this is a a recent one from uh december 19th the humanities have sown the seeds of their own destruction it's a good article tyler austin harper really good article i love how They're taking, I mean, not taking down, but they're calling out the fucking absurdities of the right and the left. Mm -hmm. But mostly, this is a call-out of the fucking elite, which is shared by the right and left. The elite is not a a catch-all for progressives or liberals or whatever. It's fucking rich people in power. Mm -hmm. And it's a really well-written article. Um, There are a few points where I was like, wait, what is that word? And, you know... So there's a, a bit of, you know, yes. I went to college to it. But great article. Yeah. My second thing is also read
0: in the Atlantic um, by Derek Thompson, how anxiety became content. Subhead the way we commonly discuss mental health issues, especially on the internet, isn't helping us.
1: Good read. Interesting. Hang on. <laughs> so, and I—I'll I, I, I'll read the story. But what you're, what I'm getting from it, what you're telling me, is that when I'm, when I'm on Instagram, yeah, and I'm looking for advice on my mental health, or my physical health, my emotional health. <laughs> How to be a parent, mm-hmm. how to be a husband, sure. how to be a friend. Sure. That That's not the best place to find that information?
0: I know that's pretty hard to, to swallow, but yeah. That's, no, it's that's that's that's
1: really hard to swallow, Don. Yeah, that's, that's rough. I know. I know. I know. You take the tests, man. I know. My third thing this week is a read. It is a novel by our dear friend, Dr. Jarrett Keene. Yes. His f- first, yeah, his first novel, *Hammer of the Dogs*. I, I, I was with him when he wrote the first draft of this thing in Michigan. Um, I was with him when he worked on the second draft of this thing in Michigan. I've got a copy of that, maybe third draft, sitting right next to the final draft that has been published. It's a great fucking story. And, and he's, he's really selling book. the shit out
0: of it too. He's and getting he's doing an, amazing. He's doing stuff. podcasts and I mean he's yeah, he's knocking that thing in the dirt. i very impressive, very impressive. And he's getting so rich off of it. Is he? he no. Oh, of course not. I know. I just wanted to ask, like facetiously. And my third thing is also a watch. Uh, given that it's Christmas Day, I have a dark list. Um, Netflix, also again, uh, Ethan Hawke, uh, Julia Roberts, uh, written and directed by Sam Esmail, who wrote and directed Mr. Robot. Leave the world behind. It's everything that Don't Look Up desperately wanted to be, but was too smug and assholy to to accomplish. This is a great dystopian uh, world ending film. It's great. It's really well done. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Enjoy your Merry Christmas. Our next episode will land on New Year's Day. So uh, we'll talk all about New Year's Eve next week
1: because we're kind of obligated oh, resolutions. to. Resolutions. I'm going to work out more and I'm going I'm to lose the dick weight.
0: I'm going to fracture my dick and hit a woman. Okay. Oh. <laughs> You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on literateape.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you go to get that delicious podcast experience. If you enjoy the dulcet sounds of two white guys babbling about whatever comes into their stunted brains, leave us a review anywhere that, you know, re- reviews are left. And
1: share it with someone whom which you have a dubious relationship. For information about Literate Ape, Go to litteredape.com, of course, and check out the rest of our podcasts and our years of scribbling. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Opel and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at localmotiveband.com. to fuck